This scripture reading is from John chapter 15 and 16. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. But I have said these things to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you about them. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of our Lord. Nancy, you may be seated. Last weekend was the Minneapolis Area Synod, um, its annual two-day church business meeting. All of you know what those are like because you have them in your, old, your own fields of business. The theme of the assembly was, I will pour out my spirit. One of the statistics shared during the meeting caught my attention, and it was this. In 2018, there will be approximately 399 ELCA pastors retiring nationwide, and only 200 new pastor graduates from seminary. Add that to the already increasing number of churches who currently don't have a pastor or cannot pay for one. Now, we don't feel the impacts of this here in the metro area because we're the largest synod in the entire U.S. and we're saturated with ELCA churches and a heap of pastors who are called to serve. But think for a moment what it's like in Ennis, Montana or Bethany, Missouri. Add to this the competing forces of our culture and the reality that most people will no longer come to faith by entering the doors of a church. And last weekend, we had 24 amazing ninth graders get confirmed, but the statistics tell us that the majority of those kids and even their families will now not regularly engage with church once they have been confirmed. You wonder, is the church going to make it? 
During that conference, my mind wandered a bit, and I thought about the handful of families who began this church in Plymouth in the 1800s. Clearly, they didn't have it figured out. They were farmers in this farm country of the West Metro, but somehow they had this sense, and sense enough to talk about it, that they wanted to form a community. And they sensed that they were the ones to do it. A community that was centered around God. And so they just tried it. First, they gathered together in each other's homes. I wish I would have been there for one of those meetings. Someone made a little meal and they decided to pray before they ate. And then they probably just opened their Bible and read a scripture story. And then they just talked about it and what they were experiencing. That was it. What I love about them, and I don't even know them, is they just did it. And then they trusted in the spirit of God to act, that, to act and to lead them ahead in whatever that would be. I think about them. What if they're just sitting in that pew right next to you now? What would they be feeling as they look at our community that they started over a hundred years ago? Today in the Gospel of John, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit as an advocate, an advocate, one who is called to walk beside and to guide us in this world. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. The minute we say God's Spirit or the Holy Spirit, we kind of clam up because the name feels elusive. Sometimes we even say Holy Ghost. There are perceptions that if one can really sense the Spirit, then they probably can do unexplainable things like speak in tongues or do things beyond our imagination. I've never been able to speak in tongues, and I've never seen anyone speak in tongues. I just wonder why Jesus would spend so much time articulating that the Spirit is given to us as Jesus ascends into heaven if it wasn't so important that we understood what this meant. And Jesus calls the Holy Spirit an advocate, and it said another advocate, meaning that Jesus was the first, the first to walk alongside people in this world. And that spirit will be found in this world, in your life, in what happens to me. The spirit is not meant to be inaccessible or to do strange things that may scare us. The spirit is as close as the air we breathe. Yet typically, we don't embrace this. I wonder what those handful of Mount Olivet families would say to us in light of the world today and our church today. Might they say this, we didn't know what to do, but we, needed, we knew we needed to start somewhere, and we trusted that the Spirit would lead us. Jesus says the Holy Spirit, that advocate, will testify on behalf of Jesus and that we are also called to testify because we know Jesus. Another tricky word, testify, it simply means, though, to affirm that one has seen or heard something. 
Jesus never puts a qualify on there. Like, you have to know everything in order to testify. Like, there's requirements that you must pass in order to testify. Jesus just simply says, testify because you have been with me. You know me. Speak of this. Again, this is where we fall off the map. We don't always like, especially publicly, to talk about things we have seen and heard or experienced. And then you mention God in it, and you're like, oh, that's a stretch for me. What if that really isn't true to someone else? For some reason, we think to be God-like means it has to be extraordinary or mysterious and include a near-death experience. But really, Jesus spent his whole life walking around little villages, eating and sleeping and drinking and connecting with about every kind of people. Every single story in the Gospels includes regular stuff for the setting, for the people, things that Jesus just encountered every day. This is where God was revealed. This is where Jesus shows up. And this is where Jesus says we will find the Holy Spirit. Now, I need your help today. I am inviting anyone who feels called to come up here today and help me with something. You have known me for 11 years, so um, please come up. I promise this will be good. I have to tell you, at 9 o'clock, this whole place was packed, but I'm not forcing you. Just come up if you want to come up. Okay. Anybody else? The Roth family? Anybody else? Everyone is welcome. Hi, Dylan. All right. Way to go. So there's a kind of improvisation called yes and. And it's meant to be imaginative and innovative. And it reminds us, so, so many things that we do in this world, we're resistant to them because we think someone is going to say no to us, that we're not enough, whatever comes out of my mouth is not okay. And in this kind of improvisation, in yes and and, what you're simply called to do is to speak whatever is on your mind, and then you pass the microphone to the next person, and all they need to say is yes, and, and all you guys need to say is sp speak whatever is on your mind. So I'll start us off, and then I'll hit over to you, Terry. I'm going to hand you the mic. All you say is yes and, and then we'll follow the line, okay? So Randy and John are fishing this weekend, and Caroline and Nick and I went to Dave and Buster's yesterday. And um, Caroline had to spin the pirate's wheel. She got 500 points, which she gave to Nick so he could get a Dave & Buster's guitar for 3,000 points. And he looked at me and he said, this may be the best day of my life ever, Mom. <laughs> All right. Yes, and... on my mind this morning is that my kids had some homemade Mother's Day gifts for me this morning that were amazing and totally heartfelt and it just completely made my day. Yes, and uh, similar, 
Do you want to say something? Mm -mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, Great morning this morning with uh, breakfast in bed for the mother in our house, and um, uh, just a great way to start Mother's Day. Yes, and I got to go for a run by myself this morning. <laughs> Good job. Can you say yes and? Can you tell them something? Yes, and... My wife got to chaperone a prom last night while I stayed home and cleaned the bathrooms. <laughs> you stole mine, so now I don't know what to say. Um, yes, and I got to run 10 miles yesterday for Grandma's Marathon coming up. What do you, what do you want to say? <laughs> Some giggles, Sophie? Say yes, and I went to Yes, and I went to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. We went to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yes, and um, yesterday uh, my husband helped out with uh, a family, uh, a neighbor who was, they're having some health issues, and so I'm just really proud that he was able to help them out. Yes, and I'm extremely grateful for the women in my life, specifically my wife and my mother and my daughters. Yes, and um, I just did a lot of cleaning out of closets at home and found all these great um, childhood treasures from my kids' childhood and baptismal dresses and baptismal candles and all sorts of stuff, so feeling blessed. Yes, and we moved our younger daughter into a new home yesterday, so it was fun to see new beginnings. Yes, and my mom really loved her Mother's Day presents. Yes, and um, I got all of our screens cleaned yesterday and in the house finally, and I'm just so excited about the day ahead and open all the windows and have the fresh air flowing through the house. Yes, and... Um it took me a long time to understand the Holy Spirit, but it's fabulous. Yes, and I would like to wish all moms out there a very, very happy Mother's Day. Yes, and daughter, husband, and baby are now living in our home from Guatemala. It is a blessing and an answer to eight years of prayer. Yes, and God presents me with the opportunities to be of service to my family and others every day. Yes, and um, yesterday I got to go to Como Conservatory. And in the midst of Como Conservatory was a beautiful statue of uh, um, St. Francis of Assisi. Um, I have never seen that statue before. And he was my mother's favorite, favorite it was my mother's favorite prayer. And so I, I bless and ask, thank for the, thanked the blessings of the Holy Spirit in sending that to me about, in honor of her. Yes. And I was able to make it up to the cabin yesterday for a first time ever, 2.30 a.m. opening a fishing experience with a friend and his son and Mother Nature shut us out was able to give my mother her Mother's Day gift and make it back into my own bed to sleep well for today with my beautiful wife. Yes, and I was able to buy our flowers yesterday and plant them, which I love. 
Yes, and uh, this is our second uh, Mother's Day without my mom, but I look at the beautiful new green that's out there and remember how important that was to her. And also remember that her funeral was done here uh, just before Quilt Sunday and how appropriate that was. So as you're sitting there in your quilts nestled around you, it's like being hugged by your mother. Yes, and I'm looking forward to my daughter Jade taking her driver's test on Thursday. <laughs> yes, and I had a lacrosse tournament yesterday, and I played the best I ever had. Yes, and I'm 18, and I get to vote and graduate high school. <laughs> yes, and this is the awesomest church ever that we're playing Yes, and in the middle of worship. <laughs> Good job, you guys. Here's what being a yes and community can do. You realize that everyone has something to contribute. That openness yields positive and unexpected returns. That every moment of this life is a tiny explosion of possibility. And it's more about others and less about you. And it makes accessible the presence of God in the earthliness of this life. And it builds awareness which always forces us to take a look around and reevaluate. And it reminds us that God's presence is here among and within each of us. And we are called to be imaginative and innovative. And it's not scripted. It's real life spontaneous things. There is an invitation today in John's gospel, and that is that you have something to offer. We are called to create a new way together. And what we need is already here, or it will be found as we continue to connect and to seek God's spirit. This is the unfolding story of God, and he promises he will always be with us. There has never been a more difficult time to be the church, and there's never been a more hopeful time either. The Spirit of God, this advocate, this creative and guiding presence is here for us. And we are called to speak of these things and to trust in these things. The way will be opened. Did you notice how Jesus says, we're not given everything all at once. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth and declare the things to come. And while we do this, we can't forget this is our DNA here at Mount Olivet. It was our beginning and it will be our new beginning. Come Holy Spirit, the advocate. Yes and amen. <laughs>